You are listening to Experience Matters by Superb. Stories and insights from our worldwide community of restaurateurs on how to succeed with your restaurant. This is the Experience Matters podcast, this time with Peter McKenna. Uh, Peter, how are you doing? I'm fantastic considering, yeah. Great to be here with you once more. Thank you so much. Uh, and then uh, we were actually just talking uh, prior to this call, uh, uh, just just to share with everyone. How are you doing at the moment? What's what, what's up? Uh, I guess you you have some some free time for yourself and your family. Yeah, well, a restaurant, the Gannett here in Glasgow, has been closed since the second of October. So that's a considerable amount of time. Um, it's um, just as much as the first lockdown. So I've been reconnecting with my family been um, taking over the parental duties at home while my wife works um, and yeah it, it's been a, a bittersweet experience I could I could imagine it's um, it's a well-needed uh, time to somehow rest uh, after so many years uh, I, I guess you you haven't been you haven't had such a long vacation since you were 20 years old or something like that right so uh... Yeah, I got into this industry when I was um, 16, 17. When I was 17, I finished school and um, went off to the culinary school. And it was a whirlwind like anybody else just went off on this path knows that it, it's just nonstop. And and uh, your wife, uh, just to send her a compliment. So she's she's actually uh, bringing the food on the table at the moment. Or what's the <laughs> what's the case here? Yeah, my, my wife's a, a solicitor. Um, she's an environmental solicitor. She works for a, a private firm here in Scotland. Uh, so she's been working from home and I've been taking care of um, daddy duties, cooking and cleaning and whatnot. While my wife, yeah, she's um, bringing home the bacon, as they say over here. Yeah, <laughs> that's a nice way to put it. So, um, I mean, we we've been into this uh, this pandemic. We've been we are like a year into this pandemic for now, right? And uh, and what you guys have been doing at uh, at the Gannett is you've been cooking up burgers uh, while you have had the Gannett open for, from time to time, right? During the the lockdowns. No, not necessarily. Um, we have a, a burger restaurant on an, in another part of Glasgow, so we've been utilizing our kitchen here to make the burger buns for that premises. Um, Got it. It's been um, really popular. It's been really popular before this all kicked off, but it accelerated somewhat um, when all the restaurants and bars closed. So since you actually decided to uh, to to utilize the the kitchen at the Gannett, uh, I, I guess a lot of people had to order a lot of food at home. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we were outsourcing the the buns for for the first year we were open. But my business partner, Ivan, he's a dab hand at it. So he makes this um, demi brioche milk bun and it's, it's fantastic. So when the kitchen isn't run as the, the Gannet, it made perfect sense for him to, to make the buns for the El Perro Negro himself. Oh, it sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, I've had a few burgers here myself while we've been waiting for you guys to reopen. But uh, that, that's not much else, right? Yeah. Um, but but uh, but but uh, tell us a bit about uh, the Gannett. Um, so that story has been going on for quite s- some years. I think it's uh, eight years now since 2013. Yeah, 2013. The, the story of the Gannett is a story of friendship. It's um, Ivan, uh, Steen, and myself. 
we met while working in another restaurant and um, over a couple of drinks over the course of a few different nights and um, we decided to open our own place because we wanted the food that um, that we liked served in, in one restaurant and at the time we didn't see that here in Glasgow so we thought there was a gap in the market we wanted to cook a lot of awful a lot of game and um, this beautiful produce here in, in Glasgow or in Glasgow and the surrounding areas in Scotland uh, and in Glasgow so we just wanted to utilize that and um, really hone in on seasonality and, and, and as anybody knows it opens a business and we didn't have any big backers and we're not rich so we, we put all the money that we had that we made over the course of our, our careers and we put it all into the pot and we got some bank lending uh, and we just went at it with a quite a small team to begin with you know i'll break it down for you there was three four of us three of us to start and then there was four of us in the kitchen to begin with uh, working six days a week uh, and in the front of house there was five and um, now we employ not including myself and ivan we employ 25. that's quite a substantial uh, team you have right yeah. now yeah so every year we've tried to refine the business we've tried to elevate it um, and and we we constantly um invest money into it um we started off it would have been more of a brasserie you know really produce driven um but over the years it's become more refined and um more fine dining basically yeah so so what would uh, what were you hoping to actually achieve with the opening of the gannet like was it your dream to 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 make it into what it is today, a more fine dining, fine dining type of restaurant, or yeah, well, we were just happy to to find a, a place to develop it together, and 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 get open to the public and see what the public thought. You know, like I said, it was more of a brasserie when we first opened, um, and you know, the, the public they, they they wanted a more elevated style of service, a more elevated style of food. And we fed off that. We came from fine dining backgrounds, but we didn't really want that kind of fuss when we opened up. We just wanted good food, good service, good wine, uh, in a in a comfortable environment. But over the years, that wasn't enough. We wanted to to push it, um, until we reached the the point we're at now, um, we're we're thought of as one of the best in the city, uh, and and we wanted to, you know go as far as we can, I suppose. Yeah, and, and, and I think it's also a huge accomplishment. I think you guys really managed to take the Gannet to to uh, probably <laughs> actually some of the best in in in, uh, in the city and in the country, right? So uh, congrats with that. Um, so, so so what now? What's the what's the next step for you? Um, we're going to continue refining the Gannet. We're going to continue pushing the food offering and the drinks offering uh, everybody that's working here is really fired up they can't wait to get back just like myself um, I, you know I, I don't like to look back too much I, I don't like to look back to previous menus or previous dishes I always like to look forward um, I, and I, I don't think we're at the position that we we want to be or you know that we feel comfortable enough to sit at um, I think we just got to keep going ahead and as long as our customers are happy and keep coming back and uh, the critics like, like us and um, yeah, it makes sense financially, we'll continue on this path. 
Yeah. So I think uh, one interesting thing I, I did um, read online about the Gannet was that uh, a lot of your guests they compliment the 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 informal relaxed atmosphere that you have at the restaurant. Um, what is actually what what's so unique about that? It seems uh, you know from from both the uh, people reviewing the restaurant, the restaurant experience, but also guests in general, that there's a clear pattern in that. Yeah, well, when we opened this restaurant eight years ago, and this restaurant was in development ten years ago, um, the the fine dining or restaurants you went to that were food led and they were into seasonality, etc. It was mainly yeah. white tablecloths. It was stuffy service. Um, I, I, you know, I'm in my early 40s, but 10 years ago, I was in my early 30s. I considered a quite a young man, and I, I, it didn't really sit with me. It wasn't the environment that I wanted to come in and sit at, and you know, have a nice plate of food, a nice glass of wine. I wanted something more vibrant, something more more young and fresh. Uh, plus. Glasgow's known for being a, a casual city. It, it's it's not pompous. It it doesn't um it doesn't do pomp and ceremony, you know. And we wanted to reflect the city in in what we do here. We didn't want to compromise on ingredients. We didn't want to compromise on knowledge because you know we may give a relaxed and informal service, but everybody knows the menu like the back of their hand. They know the wine list. They're they're educated people. So if somebody wants to engage and, and speak about anything that we do here, we're well equipped for it, but we're, we're not going to stand over and lecture people. It's, it's not what Glasgow's about. It's not what we're about. I think a, a big key to, to your success, has, besides obviously the, the food and the experiences, is also that you your ethos is to build strong relationships with, with every guest that, that, that sits at your table, right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, my um, manager Kevin Dow, who's now uh, one of our partners, we made him a partner in the business. Um, he, he's instrumental to that. He knows everybody that comes through the door. He knows them by the first name, you know. And if it's your first time visiting, we we try our best to collect all the data. So when you do come in, you're welcomed like a like a friend. You're welcome like a regular, which is what you want when you go into a restaurant or. You know, I, I grew up in a bar. My my parents own a pub in in Ireland, um, and I worked behind that bar when I was twelve, thirteen, fourteen years of age. And you'd know people, and people would come in and they'd feel comfortable. You know, and it'd be an extension of their living room. Well, that's what you want to give. You want to give a, an elevated um, version of that experience, and that's what we strive for here. So right now, you have had you've been in this. Uh, you've been. On and off between actually being able to serve your guests in the dining room and and staying at home, um, is it? I'm not sure if it's an appropriate time to actually ask you what it's like to be a restaurant owner today, and 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 also, I mean, Kevin must be missing the the dining room floor uh, a lot at the moment, right? Yeah. So in in November we started doing a, a gannet at home, so we started reconnecting with our regulars um, and, and out with our regulars as well through social media and offering, uh, you know, a, a stripped back version of what we do here. And and we've done that for maybe six weeks, right up to Christmas. And then we stopped. So at Christmas, I said to all the guys, you know, when we come back in here, I would like to be focusing on the new menu. I would like to be focusing on the new experience and, and where we can take 
began it in 2021. But obviously over Christmas, the, the writing was on the wall and we, we realized we wouldn't be reopening anytime soon. So I, I kind of shelved that. I didn't want to get people in and I didn't want to start experimenting with, you know, ingredients for a dish that may never come on. You know, we could be preparing for spring, but, you know, I don't think we're going to open for spring. You know, what this has told us, you got to think on your feet. You know, nothing is certain. You know, we don't know when we're going to reopen again. At the moment, I'm doing um, Gannett at Home for Valentine's, and it's sold out within 24 hours. It, it was absolutely... Wow. Congrats. That's, that's impressive. Um, my, my computer didn't stop. As soon as I put the mail shot out and... Um, put it live it just went off off the charts um, okay that's interesting yeah actually oversold it i should have reined it in a little bit sooner. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it'll keep us on our toes and, and you know all the guys are keen to get in and and to do that yeah. but it, I, I don't want our, our customers or guests to to get bored with that i don't want to oversaturate it so if we're going to be doing this We'll do it sporadically, you know, we'll pick out dates that are important um, or we think are important or worth celebrating over the next few months and, and we'll do a Gannett at home for that, but we won't be doing it week in, week out. We're lucky, we're, we're, we're in a position, we're lucky enough. Our, our landlord's reasonable and um, we can defer, we're not getting any rent relief, but we can defer a bit of the rent until uh, next year, the year after. Um, so it gives us a bit of breathing space um we're you know we're not in a bad position it's it I, I think if you came into this and your business was any way shaky there, there'd be no way you'd still be here today you know it, it it's been it's been frustrating it's been um annoying it's it, it's but it's it's been a great learning curve it, it really has because you couldn't pay for this experience not that you'd want to but <laughs> But uh, it, 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 it's something totally out of the, the norm. But you're able to see people's true colors, whether it's my small suppliers, whether it's uh, my team, whether whether it's even the bank, you know, you're, you're able to really hone in on that. And then there's other people where you're able to say, well, you're not so nice. I think when things get back to normal, I'll be cutting all ties, you know, but it, it's, it's good to see people's, but predominantly people have been good. I think. Oh, that's good. And you've been you've been busy with a lot of projects during the. I mean, I think you would do them anyway. But during the last six months, six to twelve months, you've actually been pretty busy both with um, with this uh, the launch of this crowdsourcing campaign uh, that that enabled you you and your team to actually cook meals and and give it to people in need. Why is it so essential for you to to support your local community with with incentives like that? Well, you know. If you roll it back to last March, we were the first restaurant in in Glasgow anyway, probably the first restaurant in Scotland to close. We closed before St. Patrick's Day, so I think we closed on the 15th of March. And we didn't take that decision lightly. I'm Irish, you know, I'm keeping an eye on what's happening in Ireland. A lot of my friends are in Europe and all over. So I'm 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 watching what's happening out with the UK because if you just follow the UK, you get saturated with you know whatever's on the agenda here today but if you see what was happening out with the uk it was getting pretty scary long before the government here reacted um, and and we had to sit down and, and go well I, I 
we don't we don't know how severe this is because at the time we, we didn't we didn't have all the information we didn't have all the cards so are we going to ask our our staff or team to put their lives at risk because at the time we didn't know you know if you could have been putting your life at risk a lot of people have died through this it's over a hundred thousand people here you know which is is crazy and then our guests you know you're gonna say to your guests yeah come in yeah we're taking every precaution but it's still a risk and without all the information in front of you can you make sure that's an educated risk i don't know so it didn't feel good to ivan kevin or myself so we made the call and we called closed but when we closed we had a, a fridge and a freezer full of food or fridges full of food a lot of fresh produce that was going to go to waste so um we didn't know if we'd reopen and that was another thing because there was no support packages then there was there was nothing we didn't know if there was going to be furlough or you didn't even i didn't even know the the word furlough at that time you know <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty it's a pretty interesting word yeah and then i had to you know tell all my staff well we're closing this is sunday but we're not going to be reopening on tuesday like we we normally do and that was a really hard thing to say because you were kind of looking off into the abyss i said look at nobody's lost their jobs everybody's still employed you know as long as we got money in the bank you'll have your wages and your holiday pay etc etc but we, we we can't continue doing this so that, that was it was quite a hard hard process you know a sleepless nights you know up to that and then sleepless nights after that again but at that stage when you have this food in your fridge and you know what am i going to do with it and then you start thinking well if we're affected like this we'll just think of the you know the people that are actually really vulnerable and and in every city you have it and I, we started reaching out and we we, we found uh, a network where we could get this food out to and when we realized that you know it doesn't matter how much food we could generate there's an appetite for 30 40 50 times that amount so then we decided or i decided let's get a crowdfunder in place let's try to you know make something good out of all of this chaos um, and we we done it right up until it was time to reopen the restaurant um, and at that stage you know we had a clear path we knew the restaurant wasn't going to go under and um, we knew we could keep our staff employed and um, so that was very important to get this back up and running and um, get everybody back up and engaged in the business um, but yeah it was a, it was a character building exercise let's say yeah I guess, I guess not only for you but the whole team right I think it could yeah, the majority of the team were all here you know we didn't want to have too many people in the building at any one time um, so we kind of split it out um, but yeah the team really stepped up to the plate and really done us proud really done me proud yeah yeah uh, that's uh, very impressive uh, both from you and the, the rest of the team i saw uh, a few of these um great uh, projects around europe and, and i must say it's been really exciting to see how the restaurant community have actually been standing together across borders and and trying to help both the local community sparing with each other do you feel that that the 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 local community of restaurants in in scotland have also tried to or at least in glasgow have tried to to work together uh during these times yeah yeah there, there's a real sense of community here in glasgow um 
I, I don't think the restaurants have been working together per se. We had some chefs from other restaurants come in here um, through days that I didn't have my own team to, to help with the community work. But you've got lots of great restaurants cooking for the homeless all throughout the city. But, you know, it, it hasn't been an organised effort. It hasn't been a case of, OK, we're all going to get together under one umbrella and do, do it like that. Everybody's doing it off their own steam at their own pace. Yeah, and then and then in December you you actually did another project. You opened a that, that was more on the commercial side, a wine pop up shop. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. Well, and, and my 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 first question is: Is this permanent or is it only a pop up? <laughs> it will happen whenever we do um, at home menus, so we won't have it running all the time. But whenever we do, uh, you know, like say Valentine's Day or Easter or whenever we're doing a St. Patrick's Day, we'll do it then. We have our mixologist comes in and he does seasonal uh, mixed drinks. Um, we've got great wine suppliers and we, we, we work with great vineyards. So we've got lots of exciting stuff here that you can't buy on the high street. So, yeah, our, our guests are quite keen to get get their hands on some of it. Yeah, I would love. I would have loved to experience it. I must, uh, but but hopefully, you don't need the the home menus uh, in the future. Hopefully, you can keep your restaurant open. Um, what what's um, so so reflecting on this whole experience? I mean, obviously, it puts things into perspective, and I guess some of the plans you had before COVID in the pandemic um, might have been different. Um, have you had a chance to somehow gather gather your mind regarding the future for for both you and the Gannett? Like, what what what's what's on the table for you guys? Yeah, I kind of started this year on a positive note. I, I started with a friend of mine going out running early in the morning, getting up um, before seven and out running while it's still dark. I find it's a nice therapeutic way to clear the head and to get yourself into a positive uh, mindset yeah. for the rest of the day. Um, yeah, we've got a project happening, was supposedly happening this year in Edinburgh. Um, I, I, I can't go into detail with it because it hasn't been fully announced, but hopefully that still goes ahead. Um, we're hoping maybe a summertime opening, an early summer opening, but it all depends on COVID restrictions, etc., etc. With the Gannet, I've got a really strong crew. Um, I'm, yeah promoting from within, strengthening the team, um, and, and trying to find a bit of a work-life balance. You know, when we came back in August, for the first time since our opening, we decided to close two days of the week and close for two lunches also to give everybody a bit of work-life balance to make sure that people knew they had two days off together. You know, it's a very important thing. You, you always need your two days off, but if you don't have them together, you know, you don't have that sense of, you know, okay, it's all off. Sit down, relax. You're, you've got a load off. You know, you can go and chill out for a day and do your chores on another day. You know, everything kind of get pushed to the side. I think my, my sous chef and myself, you know, he's just had a, a child. Or his, his girlfriend's just had a child there in um the end of November and my daughter's three you know so spending more time at home when you get used to spending time at home with your wife and child you don't really want to go back to okay you're not going to see me for five days I'll get you on Sunday or Monday 
you know, I, I think that's going to have to change. You know, that's that's one thing that really sticks out to me. But it's a matter of working out a, a situation that you know that that you can you can fit that in. You know, I think when we do reopen, it's going to be pretty full on. You know, not used to standing in a kitchen for 15 hours with um, a lot of stress and pressure and, you know, everything's under time restraints. So it'll be interesting to see what we can do. But I, I think the first 12 months will be full on and then we'll sit into a, a different groove. Got it. And, and, uh, and then something happened in 2020 and congratulations with that. Um, it was pretty uh, exciting to read that, that you were awarded Chef of the Year. Uh, for the year, uh, <laughs> I had to mention it. W- w- what does that actually mean to you, uh, especially in a year where you know your restaurant have been open and closed on and off, right? Yeah, we've been closed more than we were open, which is really strange. It, it was really nice, you know. It, it's um, yeah, the staff canteen are always very supportive, and I didn't expect to be in it in the, the long list, never mind the short list. Um, and and I was and I was up against you know a lot of the the greatest chefs in the UK, and all these things are subjective. You know any sort of award is subjective, but the fact that it was voted for by our customers, by our friends, by our peers in the industry, you know it meant a lot to me. It was it was a really nice moment. It was, it was you know a ray of sunshine in a, a dark day. Got it. Um, so. Uh, finally, uh, you know, one of the things that, that at least we are asking a lot of, uh, I was about to say, uh, uh, your kind of, <laughs> is, uh, is that we really want to, to pull out some of, the, the, some of that experience that, that you have been building up throughout the years. You've been in, 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 I was about to say, in the kitchen and in the dining room since you, you were, I think you told me, since you were 17, 18 years old, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, yeah. Do you just, how do you just pull that down? <laughs> so, so uh, uh, which which advice or learnings uh, would you like to share with other like-minded uh, uh, people or restaurateurs who who's looking to open up a restaurant one day and potentially also wants to uh, become chef of the year? <laughs> <laughs> Go on, rub it in. Um, what I would say is, don't rush into anything. You know, learn, learn from experience. You know, when you're in your 20s, you shouldn't be thinking about being a head chef. You shouldn't be thinking about, you know, owning your own restaurant. You want to learn and learn and learn as much as possible um, and learn from good people. You know, put yourself out there, work with the best in your city, work in the best in your town, you know, work in the best uh, restaurants and hotels in your country. You know, this is where you get the experience and this stands to you. You know, there's, there's nothing that can beat really strong experience. Also, you've got to be able to bribe people if you want to be chef of the year. You know, people need to know that you will hook them up with a pint <laughs> time you see them. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so that's the secret. <laughs> yeah, there is no secret in this game. It's all about hard work and determination. You got to get out of the bed early and go to bed late. And, you know, that's the, the harsh reality of it. You know, uh, I, I, it's a funny one. When when I started cooking, there wasn't many shows on the telly. You know, I think there might have been Ready Steady Cook and Keith Floyd. I don't know if you know Keith Floyd. He was a, yeah, a legend yeah. 
um, guy over here. But, you know, that was it. You know, you, you had your books, you had your Marco Pure White and, you know, Gordon Ramsay was just coming onto the scene. But it was nothing like it is now, you know, and, and you really had to go in and slog it out in the kitchens and they weren't the warmest of environments. I think the, the whole macho thing was, you know, in full swing back then. But now it's, it's, it's a different pace. You know, people are more aware of their um, co-workers or more aware of their uh, employees and more aware of their needs, you know, and it's, it's quite a beautiful industry at the moment, you know, and, and I think that's only going to get it better. Um, a work-life balance, I, you know, I, I struggle with this one and I've been struggling with it for years. You know, my wife would obviously like to see me around the house more. Well, maybe after this year, she'll be very happy to see me back at the restaurant. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is difficult. But, you know, you can always strive. You know, you can always try to make it better. It's little things make um, a massive difference. And and if you're always aware and you're 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 um, you're focused on making your environment better, you know, it can only end up in one place. You can only do good things. I think that 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 was a beautiful way to uh, to put it. I I, I really hope that uh, that many people listening to this who 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 aspire to to one day either open their own restaurant or become a become one of the you know uh, thought leaders or, or voices in their city or country uh, also uh, try to uh, follow the same example as you did. Uh, And and uh, I mean, uh, you're available on both Instagram uh, and 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 Facebook and so on, so people can follow the Gannet and and yourself uh, to to see what your what 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 the next project is. Um, so uh, Peter, finally, uh, who would you ad advise us to talk to next and why? Um, well, I'd keep it you know local to where I am at the moment. Um, a yeah. good friend of mine is opening up a restaurant right around the corner from my own. His name is Graham Cheevers. He's um, a dynamic young chef um, and now restaurateur who's held a Michelin star in two different restaurants. Um, I think you guys should get a hold of him. I'm sure he's got some wonderful insights. Yeah, that sounds exciting. I'll definitely try to pass that on. But um, uh, Peter, uh, this was a huge pleasure. Continue doing the the very um, aspirational projects you do. I think it has only been exciting to follow you and I think you were rewarded in the right way uh, for last year. I hope you you guys have the uh, the same success this year and, and are hopefully more uh, with, with uh, some reopenings at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Always a pleasure to speak to you and, and work with your team. Thank you. Right back. And say hello to Ivan and Kevin. I will indeed. All the best. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Thank you for listening to Experience Matters. Until next time.